on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Brock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into the Bucketeers, Tampa Tone Chair, alongside Huncho and Katz. We got a good one on deck. We got Eric's going to call in for a little bit. We got a friend of the show's, a fan of the show's, Eric Moreno's going to call in and hang out with us for about 10 minutes or so. We're going to pick his brain as Katz set that up. So we appreciate that, Katz. And we got a huge episode mm-hmm. to talk about today, Friday the 13th special, Creamsicle special. It's going to be a great one, so we have a lot to talk about and not a lot of time, right? It's already Friday, football Friday, fan Friday. Man, oh man, we're fired up here on the Bucketeers today. Without further ado, we're going to bring in our great co-host now. As I get Eric the invite, is he wants to join us for at least a little bit. You guys are listening on YouTube, Facebook, or so much more. Cats, how the hell you doing, brother? How fired up are you for the Creamsicle game? I know I'm I am very... Me too. I've got... I'm sorry. The Sarge is just popping his head in here. He's going to go now. Um, yeah, fired up enough where I went to PDQ after work and had the bucks float. Very good, I must say. And you get a souvenir cup with that Bucks float, isn't that right? You get a cup with like six Bucks players on it or something like that? Yes, I did. And, I'm a, and I'll tell you, you know, I normally don't drink Fanta, but mixed with vanilla ice cream, it's not half bad. That was pretty good. I was satisfied. It was very satisfied. That, yeah. That does do with, uh, yeah, it is refreshing, you know, because it's 800 degrees out here. So, you know, it's refreshing. Everything everything cold in Tampa is pretty refreshing. And as we got Bob Barthman yeah. joining, saying go Bucks. Our man Neil saying what it do. Stepping Peppin saying what's up. We got a good crowd tonight for Cats, Tones, and Huncho. Huncho, how the hell are you doing, brother? Happy hey, Friday. I know you're ready to attack Friday the 13th. Yeah, man. I'm excited about the game. How everybody doing? Appreciate everybody tuning in. I'm really excited about the game. And, um, Glad to see that we got everybody back healthy. Yeah, that's the thing. We do have everyone healthy, it looks like, for now, at least, as Eric's going to join us momentarily here on the Bucketeers. Eric Moreno, good friend of Cats and the show. So looking forward to that greatly as we're going to bring him here in a second, just sharing the YouTube link out a little bit more, sharing the love a little bit more. Cats, Uh I know um, he's your buddy, so you could uh, give a little background on Eric before we bring him in. He's going to join us for about 10 minutes here. Yeah, Eric is a Tampa Bay diehard, especially the Bucks and the Rays. Uh, I believe 
he is. I think he's a season ticket holder. I could be mistaken, or at least partial. But he's there very often. And, um, yeah, the kid. Oh, kid. He's, <laughs> he's an adult. He knows his stuff. We'll put it that way. As we do have Eric. Very knowledgeable sports fan. We do have Eric now. How are we Thanks doing, Eric? Thanks. 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 Uh, it's been a rough week, but um, uh, it's, it's going good. I'm excited for the Cream School game. I got my Winfield jersey. And I'll be at the game wearing it. Uh, can't wait. Uh, everyone's healthy. I'm hoping Shaq, uh, I don't know what kind of illness it is, but um, he had one a couple years ago and got added before the game, which is not usually good. And he still played, so I expect Shaq to play. I expect him to play as well, Eric. I think you're thinking in the right direction there. As Olivia joins us, happy Friday the 13th. I don't know if it's happy or watch your back on Friday the 13th, but either way, and we got Stepin' Peppin'. Will you be at the Atlanta game? I will. But, Eric, while we have you, I want to ask you a couple things. Um, you said it right on Shaq Barrett. I think he probably plays. I don't think an illness holds him back unless it's COVID or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In it. But I want to ask you this. Lifelong Bucks fan, lifelong Tampa fan you are. Uh, what makes you most intrigued for, you know, this season with the Bucks? the remainder of the season? We start at 3-1. and one. I see you on Twitter all the time asking all the good questions. Uh, my apologies. On X all the time asking the good stuff. Uh, what makes you such a diehard and, um, you know, so worried about the team that we love? Um, everyone, everyone doubted us. Um, you know, hey, you don't have Brady. We still got, I mean, probably one of the best wide receiver duos. Um, a young O-line, you know, versus a beast. Um, you know, you got some veterans. Um, and then I think Kate Otten is, I think he's going to, I think you're going to, you're going to start seeing Kate Otten, uh, really force. Only four games in, um, I think maybe he'll get uh, a, couple, a couple extra targets this game. Um, so, yeah, um, we've only given up, I think, 11 pressures this year with losing Jensen. Um, that's I think it's good for – and we've only given up four sacks, which is tied, I think, for second in the NFL. Um, it's only 24 games in, so um, still early, but um, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, and the defense won't. has always been good, um, yeah. and the offense. It's been incredible so far, the defense especially. Baker Mayfield's been good on third downs. He's been the best in the league on third downs, to be exact, at the quarterback position. One thing I'd like to get going is the run game a little bit. We've seen a helter-skelter type season out of Rashad White so far. He's had two pretty effective games, two uh -huh. games where he's could have done Better, in my opinion. Uh, thoughts as a fan on Rashad White's performance so far, and uh, you think the run game could turn it around. I'm positive it will. I think the offensive line will shift their focus on helping out the run block instead of the pass block in the yeah. near future. So let's see how we do. What say you? Um, yeah, the Lions have a really good run defense. Um, I think – um, it's, it's tough. Huh? If we, if we have a good run game, it doesn't have to be great, just, uh, decent. Um, and then that would, that, that will set up a play action and it will, you know, um, we've done pretty good in play action and, uh, on third down, you know, Baker's been the best third down quarterback this year. So, um, get him in third and manageable and, um, maybe take some shots. 
Lions are, I think they've ruled seven players out. Laporta is questionable. I, I'm i pretty sure he's going to play. Um, he didn't practice yesterday. He was limited today. Um, I don't see where he doesn't play unless. But, yeah. Um, yeah, hope the run game gets going. It's you know it's going to be tough to run the ball. But um, hopefully Canales can put them in, you know, second and five, third and three, you know. Um, but even in third and long, I think we're, we've done pretty good. Um, but, yeah. yeah. My thoughts on the run game. I agree with you there, brother. Cats, what say you on the run game? Uh, Lions are banged up a little bit defensively as well. So maybe it's the week to get it going. And, uh Lions have let up some points this year. I, they do usually play fundamentally sound, but you know when a team like the Panthers puts up twenty plus points on them, you never know what the offense could provide. Cats, do you think Rashad White gets to go in this weekend in the run game? Well, I mean, they did. I know Carolina did put up some points on them, although I think the game was, with all due respect to them, I think the game was decided by then. But Seattle did put up some points on them. That I remember. I think the Seahawks a lot of success. Um, I could see Rashad having a decent game. I thought the New Orleans game was certainly a step forward for him. Um, I still think he'd probably be the first to say maybe he's not all the way where he wants to be. But coming off the bye, you hope he's refreshed. You hope the O-line is uh, in good shape. And yeah, I did hear that they've got some injuries on the defensive side. I'd be lying if I said I knew much about the Lions personnel tones other than them being a really good team <laughs> but <laughs> I could see them getting something going they'll have a plan that's for sure whatever they, they do on offense, they'll have a plan whether it works or not we'll see but we know Dave Canales always actually has a plan which is very much welcomed absolutely and I agree with you there we know he's going to be scheming this game up slicing and dicing in the offensive play call and you know tonight he's going to be going full throttle in preparation Huncho, what say you on the run game uh, you think we get it going this Sunday? You think Rashad White and company has a bit of a good performance? Uh, yeah, I hope we can put it together this week. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Dave Canales um, adjusted over the bye week and what we could come out with and how he prepared for the Lions. And we had plenty of time to uh, prepare for them. So I just mm -hmm. want to see if he can scheme it up different, you know, come at them different schematically. And hopefully, you know, this offensive line to build some confidence up where you got guys like Gadecki stepping up, stepping up, and um, the, the rookie uh, mock looking good. So if they can keep doing what they're doing and, and get better week by week, even against the defense that we got, I, I look for improvement, improvement. So I'm excited to see what we, how we come out and um, how we attack them with the run game. As J-Lo joins us in the chat, what up, Bucks fan? Tones with the drip. We do have Eric for a couple more minutes here on this fan football Friday. So it's always fantastic to have a friend of the show's call in. Eric? Uh, before we get to your shout-outs, I know you got a couple shout-outs to do. I want to ask you, uh, we do this with everyone who participates on the preview shows. What's your score prediction and your player of the game for the Bucks this Sunday, brother? I, I saw someone say 41-37. I don't think it's – I think the over-under is at 45-and-a-half, 43-and-a-half last time I checked. Um – 27-24 in favor of the Crimson Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that's that's my shot. I just I just hope we win the game. You know, we win by one, three, four, seven, ten. Just get the win, baby. 
And who you got is your MVP of the game on the Bucks? Who you thinking is going to pop out? Um. Oh man, it's tough. Um, I'm gonna go with Mike Evans. Uh, I think he gets at least a touchdown, maybe two. Um, he looked good in practice. I was a little worried. I'm like, oh, okay, he's gonna play. I'm like, he's not. He's not gonna miss. Uh, gonna be able to wear the creams goes on. But yeah, I think Mike Evans. Uh. I don't think anyone can really cover Evans. I mean, you got Godwin, Palmer, but yeah, I think uh, I think Evans. Uh, I think Evans goes out. If there's any weekend for Evans to do it, it's going to be this one as well, right? Creamsicle weekend, Friday the thirteenth weekend as well. He's obviously number thirteen. He's had a couple Jason Voorhees references in years past. <laughs> so you know, Mike is fired up this weekend on Friday the thirteenth. As well. So, Eric, before uh, since we got you a couple more minutes, I want to ask you two questions before your shout-outs. First off, about the creamsicles, what's your favorite part or memory or anything to do with Buccaneers creamsicles? Um, I just, I just like... Fan, since you're a great fan, you know, brother? Um, I just... I mean, I tried it off. I tried the Winfield on for the first time. It's, um... I mean, it looks great. I love the orange. Um, I don't have too many memories. Um, they wore them against, I think, in the '90s against Barry Sanders. Uh, I don't, as I said, I don't have it. I don't have that many memories. But uh, I mean, I love them. You know, I was like, I have to get a creamsicle. I don't have one. Um, and I was like, I wanted to get a defensive player. So um, I think, I think Winfield is. I think he's one of the best free safeties in the game. I mean, that dude is just a. Uh, the ball hog. I mean, he's, he plays like a linebacker. He's so fast. I mean, we're uh, we're really looking to have him, and hopefully for years to come. And as you alluded, for years to come, we're going to be talking about all offseason who we bring back, who we don't, since there's going to be an army of free agents, important free agents at that. But we'll worry about that when the time comes. I do think Winfield will have an incredible game. Speaking of game, it is Friday the 13th weekend, so we're going to have some fun here, Eric. Before you head out and give your shout-outs, what's your spooky factor of the game or spooky factor of NFL weekend with it being Friday the 13th? What's one thing that might spook you out about Sunday? It could be about the Bucks or anything around the NFL in general. Um, man, that's tough. Um... Is it Dan I mean, Gamble crying? Maybe does that scare you a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a um, he's a he's a fired up guy. Bowls is, I mean, you know, hopefully we get a yeah after you know the after the game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, yeah, that's that's my take on the spooky. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Lions. Hopefully the. Uh, um, Lions fans. Yeah, I, we'll see what happens, man. And it's been a pleasure having you. Hopefully you can join us again down the road in the future. I know you're a busy guy. You're working a lot. You actually are getting back to work and not too far from now. So we were lucky enough to get you for a little bit of your time. It's been an honor to have yeah. a friend and fan of the pods call in. But before you leave, give us any last words or thoughts before Sunday and give us any shout outs if you have them as well, brother. Um, just, I mean, everyone that doubted us, I mean, I mean, like, I'm going to say this, this comes from Andy. 
Cam Jordan, I mean, what are you saying? You say, oh, yeah, they're going to go back to the old books. Yeah, we beat you guys 26 to 9. Like, yeah. Like, he's like, oh, Cam Jordan, oh, yeah, he's got to shut, like, you know. It's like, hey, shut your mouth, man. I'm like, if you can't back it up, I'm like, it, he, always, he always has a big mouth. Right when I said that, I'm like, we are going to win this game. And I'm like, I was hoping we put another touchdown on. Um, but, yeah, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Tampa Tones, for uh, letting me come on. Thanks, Andy. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, go Bucks. Uh, hopefully we'll get a win. All right. Uh, thanks, Anjo. I appreciate it, Anjo. Yes, sir. Any shout-outs, Eric, you want to make? Thank you very much. Uh, just, yeah, just uh, shout-out to uh, Andy. Uh, big Rays fan, big Bucks fan. Um, uh, Sam Baton, uh, huge shout out, and uh, Honcho, shout out. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for coming on, uh, Eric, the great Eric Moreno, great Tampa fan. You guys probably see him all around X, so it was cool of you to want him to call in on this football fan Friday, and uh, hopefully we could get you back as a caller or uh, just – a viewer in the chat down the road, brother. We appreciate it. All right, you guys have a good night. Go Bucks. You too, brother. Uh, be yeah. safe at work, and uh, yeah, hopefully we get this W on Sunday, like you predict, my man. Yes, sir. Go Bucks. Take it easy, boss. Is that's the great Eric Moreno, a Tampa fan, a supporter of all things Tampa sports. So, catch. That's our first Fan Friday or Friend Friday, whatever you want to call it. Awesome. Uh, that was fun. That was a good time to have people, you know, chime in for a little bit. Yeah, Eric is a great fan. I've known him for a very long time. He's very enthusiastic and very knowledgeable um, about the Bucks and the Rays especially. He also knows the Gators, and he knows the Lightning a bit too. He doesn't follow the Lightning as closely, but he does love the Bolts as well. So he's a really good Tampa sports fan, and uh, it's good to have him on here, certainly. Yeah, it's a. And I really um, wanted to start going off on Cam Jordan. He, he gave. <laughs> I, I always will. If, uh, but they won. The Saints did win last week. But, you know, it is when you think about Cam Jordan and just how awful the Saints were long before Breeze ever was there and what they look like without him. And it's like him talking about the Bucks without Brady. It's like as he looked at his own team, they're all right. I mean, they're okay. You know, they're, they're not as good as the team we're playing this week. Um, Unfortunately, I guess for now, but that's another topic for later. <laughs> yeah, Cam Jordan, uh, we could talk. We could probably have our own show about him and, you know, the hatred that he has for the Bucks and his crybabiness. But, yeah, that might be a good offseason segment. Huncho, uh, what say you about Fan Football Friday? That was a fun uh, first go-around for that little segment right there. What say you? I enjoyed it. I, I really um like his uh, takes and coming in and just getting a different perspective from other people is, you know, interesting. And, um, you know, we all on the same accord. We all want the Bucks to win Sunday. And everybody's, I feel like it's kind of like, I'm going to say nervous, but pretty much like we, we just want to get to the game and just see our, our guys get out there healthy and perform, man. I agree. And speaking of get healthy and perform, Kalijah Kansi, the big man is back. In the creamsicles this week. Um, second game in the NFL it will be for him. Only played a handful of snaps week one. But those snaps he did play week one. He was a difference maker out there. He was an incredible threat on the field out there. He really showed some good stuff. Although limited action obviously. Um, I'm excited for Cansey to play. 
I just got his jersey in today. It's been on order for a while. It, it's a White Bucks jersey. And let me tell you, the White Bucks jerseys are rare. We talked about it last pod a little bit as well. Those white color Bucks jerseys are rare a little bit for whatever reason. They have the red, the creamsicles, the pewter available seemingly out the ass. But then when it comes to a white, I had a Brady white, a Shaq Barrett 58 white. So I thought it was appropriate to get the big man Kalijah Cansey white. But we do get Kalijah back this weekend. Hunch, we'll start with you this time. How big of an impact is he going to make? It's Friday the 13th weekend. It's feeling spooky out. I think Cansey's going to scare the crap out of some Lions fans. Um, I'll just tell you like this. The only 13 I'm worried about is Mike Evans and how many touchdowns he's going to make. And uh, the only spooky thing about it is hopefully they all can come out the game healthy. That's why I'm. That's the spookiest thing for me. But other than that, with uh, Kalaja, I mean, I'm excited to finally see uh, what he's gonna do when he's back out there. He looked good against the Vikings, so I expect for him to pick up where he left off, man. And I feel like we run different uh, plays and schemes probably when he's inside, so he gives us probably more of an open book into what we do and what we built this defense this year around uh, the front line. So I think they're going to open up some plays and see some things and different stunts that we probably didn't see before. And um, I'm just excited to see his his explosiveness, his get-off, and um, how he can affect the quarterback. I agree with that as well. He's looked incredible. I remember right after we drafted him, too, his cats as a friend joined. And hi. <laughs> this is the start. I know. Um, but he still- can't. It's just. Yeah, I know it. You know, see, since I'm allergic to animals, Frank, more or less, and they also cost a lot of money. So I'm these guys don't cost much. I'm still talking with my animal voice. I'm still talking with my animal Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not a ventriloquist, so I can't make him talk. But um, this this gentleman, two feet tall, dressed like a army sergeant, so I call him the Sarge. How creative! Um, Sarge from I Providence, Rhode Island, which is as you know, I call him the Sarge. Um, sure, it's a nice place to visit, not to live, Rhode Island, but in any case, no, I, it's a nice place. It's okay. Um, yeah, Sarge's having a little fun here after all. It is almost Halloween. But, so um, we got Sarge. We're, we're, oh, white uniforms. I have a the Sarge, yeah. I have a um, my oldest jersey. Actually, I'm sorry. It's not my oldest. It's my, my second oldest Bucks jersey. is a white jersey. I had it when I was a kid. And then I got rid of it for good reason. I had a white, when they wore cream school, Alvin Harper jersey, which was confiscated. Or don't, I don't know what my mom did with it. She might have given it to the Salvation Army. I have no idea. Obviously, for good reason, I did not want it anymore. Um, Eric Durrett jersey was the first Bucks jersey I ever had. And it is in the cream school color, the original cream school, uh, even though they rarely wore those. Um, Eric was correct, though. They did play Barry Sanders quite a bit. Um, particularly when wearing the creamsicles. And unfortunately, those games did not go very well for the Bucks. So I hope that you're going to have to help me out here. Who's the Lions? Oh, they're running back. Um, God. David Montgomery. See how little I pay attention to our old division? Montgomery, thank you, yeah. I hope he doesn't look like Barry Sanders in those games when we were wearing creamsicles. I'll, I'll put it that way. I hope that doesn't happen. And you made a good point, or somebody made a I think it was you, Cats, on a Tuesday show, or I forget if you were on Tuesday show, but we, or either last week or Tuesday show about the creamsicles. No, that was Stunna, I believe, actually. Uh, Stunna was saying 
it's a great time to wear the creamsicles because these are our true rivals, right? The Lions and us go way yeah. back because we were both in the right. NFC Central together. So a lot of fans are griping, oh, why don't we wear them against the Falcons, the Saints, etc. But Cats, mm-hmm. you know better than anyone, this game really gets yeah. to the nitty-gritty in terms of rivalry. Is uh, We go way back with Detroit. And that's, yeah, and that's, again, part of why I think I mentioned a few weeks ago why when I hear Cam Jordan and other Saints fans and even Buck fans talking about, oh, the Saints are right, I say, look, we were in the same division with the Lions and these other teams longer than we've been in the same division. See, with I the knew you said it as well. I knew you said it, too. So, yeah, yeah it was you. Yeah, and that's why the first creamsicle game, first throwback game, was against Green Bay, fittingly enough. So, you know, it's fitting that it's against Detroit. I figured when I saw the schedule, it would be against Chicago or Detroit, depending on when those games fell. Um, And, yeah, they wore, you know, whether it was, I mean, remember, we had, you know, we had bad moments wearing these uniforms. They usually would wear white when I was growing up. Um, They did, were wearing the white creamsicle version in 1994 when the Bucks had their first punt return for a touchdown, and that was against the Lions. Vernon Turner took it back, and that was the first punt return in franchise history it took 18 years um but it was against the lions that's been a while that now i think about it i don't remember the last time we had a punt return touchdown maybe we see one from the bucks this week i think that would be incredible especially friday the 13th weekend spooky stuff happens punt return touchdown would be amazing the great jc yeah. allen stopping by from sports illustrated hey, so Sup, fellas, can't talk or stay at my little bro's wedding, but wanted to stop by and give my love. That's why JC's great, always giving his love, and we hope you're having a great time at your little bro's wedding. Put the phone down, pick the bourbon up. I know you got some reporting to do. I know you got some Bucks lines to keep an eye on, but no, we do appreciate you stopping by. Oh, that's so great, JC. Hunch, um, Kat said punt return potentially to keep your eye on. Anything you see on Friday the 13th weekend that you see shaping up to be a little bit um, interesting or, you know, what what could the Bucks be looking for? What's a flash-in-the-pan type play that Bucks fans should maybe keep an eye out for this weekend? Uh, I just want to see some um, some blitzes probably to get to uh, golf because uh, what I've been reading around that he's not pretty good against the blitz. So hopefully that we can get some – pressure on him and he can make some mistakes and walk away with some interceptions, you know, probably get a pick six. Hopefully, uh, I, I don't believe we had one this year. So, oh, yeah, we had a pick six with Shaq. But, you know, that was right there on the mm-hmm. line. So I want to get a, a pick six while he, you know, and, and that can probably turn the game if we can get up early on him and, and make him one-dimensional to start throwing the ball around when we got our starters out there. Um, I feel like I like our game then if we can make them one-dimensional. Yeah, and as Donnie Puppin, Steppen Puppin, refers to Cats and says Josh Freeman's first win, that's right. That was in 2009. Yeah. Freeman was a rookie. We took yeah. down the Packers. That was a great game. The we Bucks were 0-9, underdog. too. At that point. Yeah, we were 0-8 going into that. It was uh, it was Sammy Strotter who had the game-winning touchdown reception from Freeman. Um, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> Well, I think Kellen Winslow Jr. had a touchdown as well. Uh, he was a very good tight end. Not the not someone you'd want to invite over for Thanksgiving. Seems more like a Halloween type of guy. <laughs> Speaking of spooky, <laughs> something me, might I be going on there. Excuse me, I could crack myself up. 
I just cracked myself up. I hope I hope his Halloween in prison because he is still in prison from my from what I understand. I believe he's in there for quite a while. Is going okay? Um, oh, Donnie, that's a good call right there. I really like seeing the Bucks mix it up and try that play with Chris Godwin. I know it didn't uh, yield a completion, but I think that's particularly important because we've seen I've seen the Lions a little bit, and they really dig into their bag of tricks. They really do. They've got a very clever offense. They run. Um, it's very difficult to defend. I don't know if anybody's really done a good job of stopping them. I think Atlanta hung in there with them for a while, if I recall right. I think the Falcons did an okay job. I know KC was banged up. They hung in there with them. Um, but they will empty the bag of tricks. I'd love to see the Bucks do the same. I'd love to see a play like that where they you know, give the ball to Chris Godwin with the intention of him throwing it. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But at least it puts that in the back of the defense's mind. Yeah, and I, I, you know, although he threw into a lot of traffic, I actually think the throw itself was a pretty good throw that, you know, it looked like it had a little spiral on it. Godwin's an athlete out there, so yeah. if I trust anyone with the football in his hands outside the quarterback position, it's going to be Godwin. You know, he's just a very smart football player. Um, he's, he's not really going to do the dumb thing a lot of the time. His biggest bugaboo in years past used to be, if anything, him trying to fight for too many yards and then, you know, something bad happening right. with the football. But at least he was always fighting for the extra yard. So a Godwin throw wouldn't be bad. Tyler Sharp says, what up? Can't wait to be there Sunday. Have a great show. Uh, you have a great game Sunday, brother. You're going to the creamsicle game. And trust me, Cats, you're going too, didn't you say, aren't you? Most likely, I haven't finalized it yet, but I'm leaning that way. If I'm not at that one, I'll be, I'll be at one shortly. If I'm not at this one, but yeah, we'll I, see what I, happens. I know I'm you'll get to a game. I know you'll get to one. Soon. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's awesome, Tyler. That you're going. Um, it should be, you know, regardless of how, we try to put a good, we try to put a good spin on things that aren't as great. So even though we know there'll be a lot of Lions fans there, there are a lot of Lions fans in Green Bay even. Um, and Green Bay fans are not, that's not known to happen there. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of Lion fans that live here. And their team is good now, and you got to hand it to them. This is, they've waited a long time for this. But, you know, the, uh, the juxtaposition of the Honolulu Blue and the Creamsicle Orange will look nice on tel for the television audience. Um, I okay. believe Adam Amin is calling this game for those of you watching on TV. He's a favorite of mine. So, shout out I to like him. Adam Amin. Um, yeah, Adam Amin is very good. I believe he is, this would be um, Joe Davis's spot, but Joe Davis is handling baseball. So Daryl Johnson, unfortunately, will be the color guy. I don't like him at all. I find him extremely annoying. And I always will believe, he'll never admit this, the reason he does not like the Bucks is he is jealous that Mike Allsott was better than him. Mm -hmm. That and little rant by me. I could believe that because if you listen to him ever on a Bucks call, he does always sound a little bit salty. It's my right, he's not good. I don't think he's a good commentator to be, uh, in general. I really don't like him, and I don't think I don't enjoy him when he does Bucks games, and I don't really enjoy him at all as a commentator. I think he's very dull, and uh, but yeah, in particular, I feel when he I don't normally get on announcers either because they're all supposed to be unbiased, and normally they are unbiased. But I, I don't. I've never liked him for a long time when I've heard him do Bucks games. So I always thought, hmm, why does he not? Does he have a little disdain for Mike Allstott there? Yeah. Little jealousy could be. My Cowboys fans would never admit it, but he, Mike was the better player, I believe. My apologies. I do want to say a quick apology. I did 
have a technical difficulty. I just noticed it. The draft, t- the ticker at the bottom was the Bucketeers NFL draft coverage ticker from a while back. I did just update it to this week's ticker. My apologies for that. If anyone was tuned in and that did bother anybody, I do deeply apologize. I was having some technical difficulties before the show. Everything was going pretty slow on my end for some reason, so I think the wrong thing just got selected, but we're ready to roll now. Better late than never. Wish it was running when Eric was here, but sometimes you can't help bad luck, and uh, we had a little bit of bad luck on Friday the 13th, but we're still rolling here with the Bucketeers for about 20 more minutes or so until the top of the hour. Hunch, um, one last word from you, brother. Any last thoughts, man? I hope you're all good, and uh, you stay safe out there. Yeah, man, I was just um, excited for Sunday. Hopefully we could walk away with a, a win, and um, I love you all, man. Go Bucks. Love you, brother. Hope you're doing all right, man, and uh, – I know stuff happens. We'll be catching up, bro. Stay up. All righty. That's a great hunch. The co-host of the Bucketeers as Katz and I will take you guys through the rest of the show till the top of the hour. And Katz, uh, uh, you know, it's a creamsicle day. And I know we've talked briefly about the creamsicle for a good bit. But what what's one other thing you're looking forward to with the creamsicle is we really have to cherish these games as fans. We're never really sure how far and few in between they'll come, especially after last time. I think they'll be a mainstay, or at least I think that's a plan for a little while. But you never know anymore, right? So uh, what are you looking no. for this weekend? Well, I think the way that the that the whole community is really buying into this and embracing it, and the Buccaneers are, you know, to give deserve a lot of credit for that. You know, with the events that they're doing, um, at American Social today, I'm sure a lot of people are there right now. Uh, they were doing an event where they were giving out free creamsicles, the actual creamsicle bar, and Mike Allstott and Antoine Winfield Jr. are there uh, giving them out. Now, a lot of people might go to an event looking for an autograph. Don't know if they'll get them. If you do, that's awesome. If not, so be it. But it's an awesome event regardless uh, to me. I believe the team will be giving free cream schools out again on Sunday. That's a new element they brought into this because obviously as a kid, I grew up not only as a Bucks fan, but that was one of my favorite, if not my favorite ice cream. So yep. it's kind of, it's hard to get it these days. They don't sell the, it's not as common. Um, you know, that the good humor truck still exists. It doesn't seem as common as it was when I was a kid and we didn't have cell phones or any of this stuff that we would just go outside and play. And then the ice cream truck would come. So I think it's really cool that they're embracing the nostalgia part of it. Um, you know, and the irony always to me is that as a kid growing up, nobody wanted to wear this stuff. I think that was more because the team was not good, though. It wasn't, you know, people would, even my mom would kind of, you know, scoff and say, wow, that is not really a color that a football team should wear. <laughs> and yeah. It is understandable. They they did not win many games in my life in my lifetime when those when when they were wearing them the few winning seasons they had were before i was even born um so i think that's why back in the day no one wanted to wear it if the bucks had been a good team they people would have said hey you know what that logo is pretty cool so i hope too that they're able to continue wearing it uh without having to worry about some ridiculous new rule change coming in that prohibits them from doing so and that goes for any team that hasn't been able to wear throwbacks over the years I don't think the Patriots were allowed to either. I could be mistaken. I feel like they maybe they were allowed to, but maybe their helmet was the same. It was a bogus rule, whatever it was. 
Yeah, it was the helmet rule, and the Packers found a loophole in that by actually keeping the same helmet, but I think they just painted it, like dipped it in paint. Yeah. And, you know, they found a loophole around that, whereas the Bucks, they had bad luck because obviously the creamsicle helmet differentiates so much from the helmet now, the pewter helmet, that, you know, you really can't dip it yeah. in paint or do too much no. to it. You know, you so. could have. I mean, yeah, if you wanted to put a bucko bruise decal on the pewter helmet, you could, but I just think that would just mess up the entire design and look. So they opted smartly not to do that. Um, obviously, people come up with very clever um, designs and uh, photoshops, but you know, basically, the league kind of tied their hands behind their backs in terms of doing this. Um, I still remember the last the last creamsicle game. It was a tough loss to the Saints. It was actually one of the more Actually, a friend of mine went to me to that with that went with me to that game. Who normally hated football, um, she joined a few people and I. She was a baseball fan, not a football fan. And despite the Bucks losing thirty-five twenty-eight on a very on a last-minute near touchdown by Mike Williams, rest in peace, she said, "You know what? That was a great game." She's like, "I actually had a great time. I'd never been to a football game before." Was that so anytime you can go mad by chance or no? No, it was not Claudia. It was someone else, but. Now, Claudia is great. I haven't talked to her in a while. Um, she does. She always loved football. Claudia is from Chicago originally, actually. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew that, but she is a Bucks fan. She liked, I believe she grew up a Bears fan. Um, mm. She has been a football fan for a long time. I'm going to have to reach out at some point now that you mention her. Great woman. Um, but yeah, this person said, you know, and that happened to be a cream school game. And it was the game where the Bucks had the, the 99 yard reception by B Jacks that amazingly did not go for a touchdown. Um, rest in peace, obviously, which is hard to do, by the way. It's, uh, it's something that the Bucks could pull off in their, in their bad days is having a 99 yard reception, not go for a touchdown. It's kind of hard to do mathematically, I believe, because the field is what a hundred yards long. Yeah. So literally, you get every yard of that gridiron besides the one that puts you. Didn't we end up getting stuff on that drive too? We did. We because what we tried to do was we handed it to Legarrette Blunt three times, and for as good a back as he was, in so many ways, he was not a very good short yardage guy. He just wasn't for whatever reason. Even though he looked, he was built like a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they handed it to him three times. Every time they got stuffed, and then on play on fourth down, they decided to go to play action, and it. The Saints didn't bite on that. It was incomplete, and that that was that. They still nearly came back in the game, but that was certainly a, a tough situation in that game, a, a huge turn of events to be sure, and a very entertaining game that just didn't go our way. And I think the only one of the throwback games we did win was the first one, if my memory is correct. I think it is. Only four think, of them. I think you're right on that one, yeah. They were a brief reappearance of the creamsicles from 2009 to 2012, and then they – went obsolete again and now they're making a scenic appearance this sunday 425 eastern against detroit you can catch us on fox with adam amin he's i like amin a lot he's actually the chicago bulls play-by-play guy so we get a pretty good dose of him here in chicago and he does a lot of good stuff so i'm a fan of him as we we already talked about daryl johnson sadly but Steppin' Peppin says, I'll be at the Atlanta game next week. If y'all want to meet up, I will be with the crew. Feel free to hit me up. I'll be there as well, brothers. So uh, I'll be tailgating, getting my thing on. And Steppin' Peppin says, I'm sad that we didn't get to see Brady in the creamsicle jersey. Well, 
Yeah, you know, it's bittersweet because there's, A, they're still going to make a lot of money off Brady Creamsicles. You know, they're still selling Brady Creamsicles. They're still profiting off of him because if you look at the Bucks online fanatic site, they have a lot of interesting quote-unquote legends jerseys. Like, they still sell Cadillac Williams jerseys to a certain extent. Um, you know, they still have a good amount of JPP jerseys at full price. Brady still has all those jerseys. So, the Bucks still make a lot of old-time jerseys, so you could get a Brady creamsicle. You're just not going to see Brady in a creamsicle, but, you know, that's okay to me. You know why? Because Brady was the first-ever quarterback to wear a pewter jersey for us. So at the end of the day, <laughs> we didn't get to see him in a creamsicle, but Cats, in an odd way, in a different way, a lot of people forget the pewter jerseys, they only came around after the alarm clock era. I, and you were, hit the nail on the head. You said the creamsicle era was a bad brand of football, but the alarm clock even trumps that in terms of how yes. bad of an era of football that was. So to me, in a certain way, I know a lot of people won't agree. I know a lot of people want to see Brady and the creamsicles. But if you stretch it a little bit and, you know, you look at it as the following – if you look at it as, wow, Brady was the first one to ever wear a pewter after such a bad era of football it was created in the Brady era. I think that's almost just as cool, if not maybe cooler. That's a very good point. And, yeah, I mean, they went from the, – the alarm clock jerseys were just awful, and it, it was just awful in so many ways. I tried to get myself to buy into them, but it was just uh, – they took the, – what the Bucks did was went from an iconic design – basically, you know, a, a very similar to what they wear now and went to that for whatever reason. I, I will never know what the thinking was. Who knows? Was it planned all along that in five years they were going to drop them and go back to these with a slight tweak so they could sell more one <laughs> more? Uh, who knows? But, um, uh, Jeremy, I'll touch on that game in a moment if I may. But um, the uh, – yeah, the pewter jerseys are interesting. I'll be interested to see because they don't announce their jersey schedule. If the Bucks are going to wear them this year, I would think they would. Um, I just don't know when, if they're going to wear I, them. I think the last time we announced their jersey schedule, ironically enough, was 2020. So um, the past couple of years yeah. we haven't. I know maybe that's for a couple of reasons. Maybe, you know, if it's hotter out on a Sunday, you know, they might want to have the ability right. – to change that or whatnot is the godfather james rubright joining us hello guys godfather in the house how you doing godfather always a pleasure dr plus is in the house we are due then how we doing plus i'll see you next friday at ruth chris hopefully having a good oh, time a good over here. yeah we, there's a yeah. good happy hour that's going on cats feel free to join us you mean where you they can. don't charge up do they not charge out the you know what for a steak during the happy hour? <laughs> I, I think I'm not so. a doctor. I, I, I believe so, and uh, you know that would be my intention. And cats, you said Lions 05 game, so I want you to briefly yeah. get into that, and then I also want to hear your score predictions and your player of the game predictions as well. Yeah, so the, the 2005 game against the Lions was quite interesting because the Bucks came into that game 3-0. and The Lions came in, I believe they were – the Lions might have had a win. They were off to an okay start, um, not a great start. Joey Harrington was the Lions quarterback. Brian Greasy was the Bucks quarterback. Uh, not exactly the quarterback matchup of the century, but the Bucks did have a red-hot Cadillac Williams at that time. Uh, and the Lions gave the Bucks everything they could handle. And I mean – 
Ah, 12 bucks. There you go. Everything they could handle in that game. And it went right down to the end. It was a brutally hot week four, which is it always is. It rained heavily for about seven minutes. Mm. Um, after the rain stopped, my arm had been basically stuck to the chair almost. So there was a sunburn on half of it. And anyway, at the very end of that game, uh, Harrington threw what appeared to be the go-ahead touchdown with about 15 seconds left to was Marcus Pollard, the tight end. After they mm -hmm. reviewed it, it showed that his left knee was touching the sideline. Now, there were some views of it that looked like that was inconclusive. Lions fans did not like that. They felt they got screwed. The funny thing about that game, though, was there was also on that same drive, which which ate up about 90-something yards for the Lions to go down the field. They only scored 13 points in the game. Simeon Rice was held in the in our end zone at the beginning of that drive, which should have been a safety, would have put us up 19-13, would have gotten the ball back. So it, it really kind of in the end, maybe, you know, maybe they did overturn something that they shouldn't have, but they also, the drive should have never happened. So it was quite a game. Uh, it was ugly, but it brought the Bucks to 4-0. and They ultimately would drop the next week's game. They did start 5-1, and though. And here we are, a chance to get to four and one uh, against those Lions. No, he did not play well. Plus, he did not. He threw a. Um, he played the second half with a concussion. I found out later. Um, he threw two. He threw. He threw a pick six, and he threw an eighty-yard touchdown to Galloway. And I think he had a concussion the whole time. I guess the training staff just missed things back then. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm a fan of Sims. They also missed Sims' spleen injury at a point in time until. He got hit there and it burst damn near on the field. So interesting stuff there. Cats, let's circle yeah. to Sunday. What what do you got as a score prediction and player of the game prediction for Sunday's yeah. showdown with Detroit? Yeah, you know what's interesting about this game is most of this week I did not like the Bucks' chances, and, and it's going to be very tough. Um, obviously, I saw the injury report. You know, obviously, you don't want to see anyone hurt, but you got to take advantage of anything you can um, in these scenarios. Uh, my biggest concern is, and, and I'm going to forget the name now, the, the defensive lineman on the lines, he shares a name with someone who used to play, and I can't, his name just totally eluded me, Tones. I cannot remember the guy's name. Thank you. Yeah, what? I was going to say Drew Hutchinson, who was, a, who was actually a pitcher for the Blue Jays, who's from Lakeland, uh, Eric's hometown, actually. Drew Hutchinson, yes, Aiden Hutchinson. Thank you. Obviously, you got to start with blocking him. That might be important. That might help. Um, I think the Bucks are going to come out on top in this one. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. And I see them coming out on top. I think it's going to be 24-23. I think they're going to find a way to win this. Um, you're going to have to win the turnover battle, very always really, but especially against a team that on paper I'd say is better than us. I think Chris Godwin's going to have a huge game. I really do. That's If I, if I had to pick a player of the game, it's going to be Chris. I agree with that. I love that. I think he's going to have – a big game as well as plus said Clayton had a big block fun times. Michael Clayton actually, he, when he <laughs> laid the nasty on people and blocking, he was good. And really he extended, oh, his yeah. career. he extended his career that way a little bit cats, because after a hot productive start, when he was a young pup, he went to the giants after a while and he really only stayed effective there for his run blocking and blocking schemes instead of his receiving scheme. So um, that helped to extend Michael Clayton's <laughs> career a little bit, it seemed. Yeah, he he was, um, wow, what a bust. I'm not going to mince words. I couldn't stand him. And I actually, I loved him his rookie year. And then he just completely, just completely fell apart. He did remain a good blocker, though. You're correct about that. 
Um, but he was a he was a very loud. It was a really lousy player um, for his entire career, other than blocking. And if you want someone to be a good blocker as a receiver, that's a nice little bonus if they can also catch it. Otherwise, it's not what you want in the fifteenth overall pick. And yeah, the the Giants did win a Super Bowl with him on that team. I think he played two games, maybe maybe more than that. I know he caught about two passes, and it, he took all the credit for it. So. Congrats to Michael Clayton on being the least influential on the field player not available that helped the team win a Super Bowl. And not to mention, he was absolutely terrible on the radio and finally was dismissed from that position this season. Sorry, I'm laughing here. It's just it was all these years he was on there. I'm thinking, what the heck is this guy doing on the radio? He's just he's not saying anything that's making any sense. Um, and apparently a terrible high school football coach, too. But anyway, enough of that. Yeah, I love that. That's good stuff, right? That's funny <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, he, um, you know, he disappeared off WDAE as well. So I'm not sure if they ousted him from the post game coverage or what happened. They there. did. They did. This I know. They did oust him. Yes, they did. That's uh, unfortunate for him. Uh, maybe fortunate for some listeners. If you're not a Clayton fan, uh, but. Nonetheless, I got us on top Sunday as well, Cats. I got us winning 30 to 28 in a close one and a mm. bit of a high score battle. And I actually have Vita Vea as player of the game. Ah. I think he's going to do a good job of stifling and slowing down Montgomery as Jameer Gibbs seems likely to be out. Zonovan Knight seems likely to be out. So they're really going to be down to Montgomery, who's been their workhorse. But I think Vita Vey is going to feast, especially with Canty on one side of him and seemingly Logan Hall playing better week in and week out on the other side of him as well. So it's really a young man's game. And Cats, we have a front three that could really be young and feisty, Vita Vey, Kalijah, Canty, and Logan Hall. And that's why I'm looking forward to seeing what Vita Vea can do against a Lions team that's a little scary to face on Friday the 13th weekend. But I think Kalijah coming back is going to be huge. I think he's going to help really slow down Montgomery, who's also my Lions player to look out for because he's been incredible this year and he's been such a bell cow. But I think Vita Vea is going to have a huge game, Cats. I really do. He's going to need to because I know the Lions have, and I don't know how banged up they are on the offensive line, if at all, but I know when healthy, they have as good, maybe as good an offensive line as well. Not, not Philadelphia good, not 49ers good, but a very, very formidable unit. So yeah, Vita Vea, someone on that D line is going to have to, you know, take on the double teams and get some pressure on the quarterback because you can't be blitzing the whole game. Otherwise you're going to expose your, your secondary if you're doing that. So somebody up front's going to need to do some work and having Cancy back for this game in particular, very big, because this is not playing. This is, we're not playing the saints now. Who, Again, not a bad team. This is not the saints. This is not the bears. This is a, this is a different beast. No pun intended. Um, and yeah, it is. And the lions, you know, like, you know, like I always say, Dan Campbell always has his team ready to play. They want to play hard for him. They do play hard for him. Not only do they play hard for him now, but he's got a talented roster to work with. So, yeah, the Bucks, and I think the Bucks are, you know, the bye week did them good because they were banged up and come off a great win. I think they're ready for this. I think this young group, mostly young group, is really is ready, and they're going to pull this one out. 
real quick as well before we get into our football Friday little segment. I'm going to pick a college game from tonight to look out for, and Katz is going to pick an NFL game from this weekend to look out for. Then we're going to give our one big things and walk-offs, then our final word. But I do just briefly want to mention my thoughts and prayers to everyone in the area or in Israel at this time. It's been a sad week or so, really a sad history in general, and not to get too political, a lot of innocent lives lost, and really thoughts and prayers of the bucketeers are with the men and women of Israel right now as they suffer some sad stuff. And I got a very good Jewish friend named Katz and a very good co-host in Katz. He's a brother of mine, so I'll let him say a few words as well before we get to our uh, one big things and walk-offs and our Football Friday segment. Yeah, these are the types of things that, you know, are, get bigger than, you know, life itself sometimes. And again, all my thoughts and prayers are to everybody in Israel at this time that's being affected, family members of those being affected, anybody at all that, you know, knows someone, you know, if you're there with your family, everybody be as safe as possible. And, you know, always remember to look after your loved ones, especially in times like this, because, you know, these are... Yeah, you know, never take life for granted in these times, especially. It's it's important to remember that. Never easy. And, you know, on, on top of, um, you know, Israel, you know, we do have Americans stranded over there as well, Kat. So it's really just sad stuff. You got a lot right. of people going through a lot of turmoil right now, obviously. Um, innocent people on both sides just dying. But hopefully we can get – you never – um, make things easier when you lose so many lives. But hopefully we can continue to move forward together and, uh, you know, hope for peace one day soon. And uh, war is a son of a bitch. It's a terrible thing. So I do hope yeah. Israel and um, the other side are able to figure it out a little bit, you know, stop so many innocent people on each side from passing away and that's our thoughts and prayers with israel as we turn to football friday cats i'm gonna go over the three college games tonight and pick what one i really like and then you're gonna pick out a game from either sunday or monday in the world of the nfl whatever you're really looking forward to as well on this football friday so tonight's slate seven o'clock we got Tulane against memphis that's actually a good game as memphis is a home underdog getting five points you got at 8 o'clock, Fresno State traveling to Utah State as Utah State is a home underdog as well, getting plus five and a half. And then tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern, prime on a Friday night, you got Deion Sanders taking on Stanford at 10 o'clock. That'll be a fun one, and that's going to be my game to watch tonight. I actually think the best game will be Tulane-Memphis. I think that's going to be a really fun football game. I think it's going to be competitive. Tulane has some really good quarterback play this year. Memphis has played really well altogether. Um, even Fresno State, Utah should be a fun one. But anytime you could watch Deion Sanders is a treat. And on a Friday night in a pack matchup, the last year, the pack as well. So the last time these two squads will face Stanford at Colorado, late night football, 10 o'clock with Prime. Sign me up, Cats. I'm on board for that one. I'm going to be That's looking forward to watching that. That sounds interesting, and absolutely. Now, as far as an NFL game, besides ours, of course, <laughs> I think Seattle at Cincy is a very interesting matchup. 
Um, it was interesting to begin with. Obviously, it's, it's an interconference or interconference, whatever it is. When one conference plays the other. Is that inter or interconference? I don't know. Cross-conference <laughs> game, whatever. Um, it's an interesting game to begin with because they're both good teams. The Bengals not off to the greatest of starts, although they did get a win last week. And in an AFC North that does not look – how should we say? It doesn't look as maybe daunting as one would have thought. It's been a little up and down. You saw the Ravens lose to Pittsburgh last week in a game. I don't. It, it took a lot for them to lose. They found a way to lose it. You've seen the Browns off to a really very tough or in a real rut now. Steelers, who knows? So for the Bengals, that's a big game. For the Seahawks, who are off to have been who have played very well so far, it's a tough road game. Bengals need this one, and I've heard there's been a little trash talking going on between Jamar mm-hmm. Chase and uh, Witherspoon of Seattle already. So that adds makes it a very spicy matchup, I think, between two good teams. Uh, the Bengals again need the win because they're still under 500, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and they've already lost a game to the Ravens. I think do I have that right? I believe they have. So, yep. so they would at this point, at best, could split. They couldn't, you know, wouldn't be able to win a head-to-head tiebreaker. So it's a very important game for Cincinnati, especially, and for Seattle fighting already. It's early, it's never too early, and we're already five. We're going to be in week six. Talk in terms of. We'll be honest, they're probably not going to win the NFC West, but in terms of clawing for a wild card spot here in the NFC, big game for Seattle as well. I'm excited to see that one as well. I think Joe Burrow's on his way back from a, you know, injury this offseason. I don't think he was his normal self the first couple of games. Bengals should be getting T. Higgins back as well. So, you know, this Bengals team should only be getting stronger, Cats. And, uh, you know, Seattle, they're not a terrible team. I think they had a good year last year um i'm not quite sure they'll keep up with their consistency this season but nonetheless i do think that's a really fun matchup to look out for i think you hit the nail on the head with this one i i'm looking forward to seeing a smash mouth football game this sunday and uh speaking of smash mouth we've already been um laying the lumber down for almost an hour now brothers so we're not quite bouncing out yet, as you guys are tuned into the Bucketeers on YouTube and Facebook, but we are going to do our one big thing and walk off now before our final word, Cat, It's a crazy week. Friday the 13th, Creamsicle game, Mike Evans, Kalijah Cansey, Siracier Dennis, Jamel Dean, Ryan Neal, all expected back from injury. What's your one big thing you're looking out for for this Sunday's game. It could be creamsicles, could be something spooky because the Friday the 13th could be injury-related or none of the above. Well, I think, you know, I mean, this just the, the nature of the beast is the Lions right now, and knock on wood, obviously, it looks like the Bucks are the healthier team going into this game. They are the more rested team as they didn't play last week. So I look for, you know, the Bucks need to take advantage of any area they can because, like I said, on paper – you know, if you go down the line, I think the Lions are maybe the more talent, are probably the more talented team. But if you can get, you know, getting Cansey back is big. If you can somehow get pressure on Jared Goff without having to bring extra men on the rush, not expose your defensive back. So very good wide receiving core with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and um, Reynolds and the rookie mm-hmm. whose name is Jamison Williams. Do I have that name right? Am I screwing up the name? I don't know. Did I get the no, name right? right? Jamison Williams. He was right. suspended a okay. little bit for gambling this season to begin. Right. And now he's back. So that's a very formidable receiving core, a very good tight end. I presume he'll play in Laporta. 
So if, if Vita Vea can have a big game like you alluded to with with Cancy back, and I think they can, you can get after that quarterback and kind of pin your ears back and not let them just start, you know, uh, you know, jamming the ball down your throat and being able to, you know, get single, you know, single coverage across the board. I think we have a great chance to win this football game. It always usually start, almost always starts up front, but especially against a team like Detroit that's built very well on both lines of scrimmage, um, which is something the Bucks are aspiring to be, and I think we they have a chance to really to match that this weekend. Sam Laporta, he's a good tight end to look out for. Iowa just breeds tight ends in their sleep around the league. Yeah. Noah Font, George Kittle. Now you got Laporta, obviously Hawkinson's from Iowa as well. A couple of former tight ends, Dallas Clark, Scott Chandler, just big name after big name Iowa tight ends out there. So that's a good point, Cats. My one big thing in walk-off heading into Sunday is this. We do have a winner of the Luke Godecki mini helmet. And that'll be announced Sunday on the way too early pregame show. Just know the winner is picked. I did it today at work, randomized, boom, 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 got a little video. So uh, we'll put the video on Twitter and we'll announce the winner this Sunday on the way too early pregame show. This Sunday, it'll be 9.05 a.m. Eastern instead of 8.05 since we play 4.25 and not 1 o'clock. We're going to give that extra hour of sleep and be on the lookout for our fall t-shirts as well. The whole crew is going to get him the podcast crew. Then we're making extra for giveaways and for um, interactive type of things and all that fun stuff as well as it's been Cats, Tampa Tones, and Huncho. I hope Huncho's feeling better. He's heading out of the building early tonight because he was a little under the weather, but we do thank him for coming on a little bit. Cats, it's been incredible, brother. I can't believe when you talk Bucks ball, time flies. We're already <laughs> over an hour yeah, now. Sure. Final word. On the show before uh, Sunday hits and the way too early pregame show hits at 9.05 Eastern Sunday. Final word, final thoughts, brother. Final thoughts, everyone. Like I said, um, you know, enjoy this weekend. The Bucks have done a great job of, uh, you know, I think marketing it, um, you know, trying to turn this into a special weekend. And I think it's going to be a, uh, I almost want to say a batter, not a batter day, but it's going to be a wonderful day for our Bucks. I think they're going to get this win and get to four and one. And when they do, you're going to hear a lot more talk about the Bucks after they do. And honestly, Cats, don't get me wrong. I love the Bucks PR. My final word is this, other than catch the way too early pregame show Sunday, 9.05 a.m. <laughs> Eastern right here on the Bucketeers. But other than that, and yes, we are always your first uh, pregame show on Sundays. We're literally the first ones on the air for you Bucks fans that wake up early. But Cats, I'll say it like this. Um, it was just jogging my mind. What the hell was I going to say here? About the um, PR. About what? About the Bucks PR staff? Yes, about the Bucks PR staff. So I think they usually do a great job and an incredible job at um, getting things out there, getting the word out there as well. And um, I'm really going to be interested to see what they do at Ray J. I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see um, how it's looking in there on Sunday, the creamsicle effects they're going to have on Sunday. Really interested. They're giving away nice-looking bucket hats come Sunday. So uh, they're doing a job there, and it's uh, going to be interesting to see how they spin the creamsicle, how they theme the creamsicle, and all that good stuff. Really, um, you know, the Bucks do have some of the better social media and PR in the game. You're seeing everybody post their creamsicle jerseys are getting in right now i've seen levante david getting posted 
and all of that good stuff. So my final word is this. Make sure you get out there Sunday to Ray J. Make sure you support if you're a Bucks fan and you have tickets. Don't give them away. I'm not going to lie. I forgot my initial final word, what I was going to say. But if I <laughs> remember it, I'll tweet it out or I'll circle back to it next episode. But regardless, it holds true. The Bucks PR and, um, you know, their social media team, they've been doing a good job with all of the creamsicle coverage and the creamsicle stuff. So creamsicle Sunday is coming up and um, it's going to be a good one to remember. Um, that's for sure. You know, even the injury report they put out has been in creamsicle. Uh, their Instagram, their X handle has been turned to creamsicle. Um, Coach Canales they showed in creamsicle. Bucks cheerleaders in creamsicle. So, um, you know, they, they really built the creamsicle. Oh, this is what it was, Cats. I've, boom, I remembered. As great as the Ronde, don't get me wrong, Ronde against the Eagles induction was great. But we don't have a Ring of Honor member this year. I would yeah, have liked to see the I'm disappointed. I would have liked them to put either, you know, a creamsicle guy in this weekend, either a Wilder or a Hardy Nickerson or even a Simeon Rice type. I think it would have been a good opportunity yeah. to induct a legend who wore creamsicle into our Ring of Honor and Creamsicle Week. Well, I agree with you on that. I felt for a while that, you know, even though he played he played mostly before I was born, James Wilder, I feel, has been deserved to be in there for a while. So when I saw they were wearing cream school this year, I was surprised that they didn't say, all right, this is the year we're going to put him in. Only thing I, I guess maybe they wanted to make this year special for Rondé's Hall of Fame night and not do anyone else into the Ring of Honor, and maybe they'll hopefully resume that next year. And hopefully it is a guy like James Wilder, who was a phenomenal running back for the Bucks before my time. But he had some phenomenal years on many bad teams, but phenomenal years nonetheless. And I hope he does get in sooner rather than later. Yeah, and it, it's still weird to me that we're not having an ROH member this year. You could have even given it to Brady, say, if you couldn't th think of oh, anyone. Yeah. You know, you could have easily turned it around and given it to Brady. Maybe not on the creamsicle day, but something down the road. Nonetheless, though, Cats, I mean, you know, I guess we're being a little greedy now. But, hey, I mean, we usually yeah. every year we do induct someone usually. So a little odd not to see it this year. But, Cats. It's been a great podcast, brother. Any uh, any last uh, thoughts and momentum before we head out? Let's go, Bucks, everyone. Let's make a special weekend. Let's go, Bucks. Fire the damn cannons, cats. If I don't see you on the Sunday pregame show, you have a safe weekend, brother. You stay uh, safe out there, and uh, I'll talk to you very soon, brother. Both in the group chat and on here. Likewise, Tones. Have a great one. You too, brother. Fire the damn cannons. Creamsicle weekend. Creamsicle Sunday. J-Lo in the house. Plus in the house. The Godfather joined us. Steppen Peppin joined us. Tyler Sharp joined us. The great J.C. Allen from Sports Illustrated. Um, Olivia Scordato. Neil. Bob Barthman. And Eric Moreno on Fan Friday called in our first call into the show history. So that was really cool stuff there as well. On behalf of Cats. And Huncho, who joined us tonight, Stunna and um, Bucko couldn't make it, but that's okay. That's why there's five of us. It's been a beautiful episode of the Bucketeers. Sorry for the technical difficulties with the bottom ticker. We figured it out. Better late than never. We'll see you guys Sunday for the way too early pregame show, 9.05 a.m. Eastern. Jeremy says I'm going to lose to him in fantasy. 
Yeah, right, Jeremy. You're going to get these hands. You're going to get destroyed by Gene Deckeroff. Uh, Tones Deckeroff, I should say. Fire the damn cannons. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Baker Mayfield back to pass. Finds Rakeem Jared. 3 2 1 touchdown, Tampa Bay. They win it this Sunday. Let's go. And for this one, let's fucking go. Until next time on the Bucketeers, episode 134. They go like that. Thank you. Have a blessed night. Have a safe night. Stay safe. Watch college football. You got Tulane Memphis. You got Prime against Stanford. You got Fresno State, Utah State. Take advantage of this stuff. It ain't going to be around too much longer when the winter comes. Thank you, everybody. Stay blessed and safe. but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs>